0: Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.mountzionchula.org. Enjoy our podcast. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 will be in... Verses twelve through fourteen tonight. <clears throat> it's my money and I need it now. Y'all familiar with that commercial? It, uh, it it used to play in my hometown on the local channel, so I don't know if it was a local commercial or if it was a national commercial, but it's it was, you know, for that firm that would would pay you in advance, would get your paycheck for you yeah. in advance. <laughs> Uh, People would scream that in the ad out their windows. They would hang out their windows and yell it. Um, I need the money now. I don't want to wait until paycheck time. I need it now. And that's the attitude of our day. Um, Impatience. um, Not wanting to wait until the proper time to get the results. Um, We want to have an easy process to get results quick. Um, Get rich quick schemes. Um, Easy workouts. There's no shortage of of people in the health industry that, that have this, you know, workout plan that, you know, you just have to do, you know, five minutes of workout in your living room three times a week, and you can eat all the donuts you want. And I'm just like, that's baloney. It just is. It, it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. Um, so many kids today want to be YouTubers. that They want that to be their career because you can make, like, millions of dollars being a YouTuber. Um, and they imagine maybe it doesn't require much hard work. You just make videos at home and you, you post them. How hard could it be? um it's actually if you're going to do that well it's actually pretty hard it takes a lot of work to edit the stuff and capture the right audio and things like that but um most everything in life that is important takes work it it takes work and it takes waiting it it, it takes a long time of faithful labor to get there you don't um you, you you don't have a savings account. Suddenly, have hundred thousand dollars over a week. You have to slowly put money in for years and years and years until finally you have a lot accumulated in there. And something the Lord's been teaching me over the past few months is um, that is absolutely true regarding the Christian life as well. It takes um, it, it takes work and it takes waiting. It takes a long time to see results. And so let's see how that looks in Philippians three. in Christ Jesus every day that well not every day but a lot of times when, when I'm working um, I can feel my lack of experience um, as I am trying to think of ideas trying to think of how to do stuff um, as a pastor there's so many ideas that I have that I don't have the experience to know how to accomplish um, I have to, I've regularly found myself thinking man I wish I had the experience of having been a pastor for 20 years, then I know how to do this. But I've only been a pastor for four years, and I can't just zap myself with 20 years of experience. I have to faithfully labor and not give up for 20 years to have that kind of experience because God has set it up so that that's a process of how we grow. When, When I've been a pastor for 20 years, I will have gone through the trials and growth that 20 years produce. I'd miss all that if I just had 20 years of experience downloaded into me, and the Christian life is like that. Um, When Adrian and I work with college students, um, uh, we've both found that we have a similar conversation with them quite often. Um, What you have to understand about college students that are Christians, um, very often they're very ambitious, and they are usually young in their faith, but they're on fire. Like, they're just really excited for the things of God. And so they're ready to charge hell with a water pistol, um, but their zeal makes them forget that they're young. So we will regularly talk to students who are struggling with sin struggles. Maybe it's anger or lust or, or whatever. And, and, and there's this question that they always ask, you know, why can't I just get over this battle now? Like, why, why do I keep falling into it? I just want to be over it. Why can't I get there? And I tell them the truth that that I wish I had known at their age. You still have a long time of following Jesus to go. And someday, you will likely completely overcome that struggle. But until that day comes, your responsibility is to fight faithfully. And you may not overcome that for several years, but the Lord slowly does work in us like that. The Christian life is is a process. It's a process. Remember on Christmas, I put that image on the screen. I was actually going to do that tonight, and I forgot. Um, it's an image of the already and the not yet, um, that, that God created the world, and this first experience of life goes on until Jesus comes, and then Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again, and the new age began, the new, the, the new resurrected age, and that goes on for eternity. That's the existence we will live in forever. We're in the in-between right now, where our old self is very much still here, but we live in the new reality. And so we're um, we're in that middle phase, that in-between phase. Um, So you come to faith in Christ, but the old self is still very present in you. So God does a transforming work in you over your life. He makes you more and more like Jesus every day. He strips away sins in you and produces righteousness in you, but that takes time. The old age is slowly passing away in you, And the new age is being more and more realized. When Jesus returns, it will all be finished. Look back at Philippians 1.6. What does Paul say? He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God is doing a work in you. If you've been saved, he began that work in you. And he's going to continue doing that work until he brings it to completion At the day Jesus returns, you know, why can't he just, like, bring it to completion now? Like, I want to get the things that I'm working on done, like, right this minute. But God is patient, and God just kind of waits. He moves slowly. He lets you grow and grow and grow and and forsake old things and and bring about new things. And he, he, he works in you like that so slowly until the day Jesus comes and he can finish the work. That's how he does it. Our impatience doesn't like that very much. We'd like him to just go ahead and finish the work in us now, but he works slowly. That's how God does. Not because he's slow, not because he's not smart. He, that's how he works. He works slowly. You will not reach full, full perfection until Jesus comes. But when a Christian is discouraged that they've slipped up into sin again, they can hope in that truth you're not yet what you will be one day. Uh, I am not yet what I will be one day. Uh, I've got to trust the process and I've got to continue to follow Jesus because as much as I want to be fully free from sin now and fully righteous and fully like Jesus, I'm not yet. And so I'm not yet what I'm going to be one day. Uh, I'm going to grow over time and you will too. That's how it works. This is what Paul says. Look at what he says in verse 12. I haven't obtained this yet. He's, He's talking about, um, in verses 7 through 11 that we didn't read, um, that he wants to throw off everything in his life to, to run toward Christ and gain Christ and become more like him and, and literally gain the resurrection from the dead that Jesus has. He wants that as the goal of his life. And he says, I haven't gotten that yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not already perfect. But I'm going to press on to make that my life. I'm going to do that. He says, I'm not yet perfect. Paul knows he is not yet what he will be one day. So he presses on, he gives it everything he's got to become the very thing that he's wanting to become, and that is fully like Jesus. He actually speaks back in Philippians 2.12 about what that kind of thing looks like. He says in Philippians 2.12, um, um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's not just that God is going to do work in you without your contribution. No, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. You follow Jesus and he makes you more like Jesus. You walk closely with Jesus and you become more like Jesus through the spirit's work in your life. It's a partnership. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling and God works in you. That's how it works. Neither one of those happens by themselves. You have to have both of them. And so that's what Paul's saying. I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. It's It's that two sides right there. So how do you press on? Well, you do what he says in verse 13. He says, I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. Two steps. You forget what lies behind, and you strain forward for what's ahead. You... First, forget what lies behind. That is, the old age is passing away. Your fleshly self is passing away, so you can't hold on to it. You have to forget it, and you have to move forward. So maybe that regards your your, your sinful temptations. Um, you must regularly examine your heart to see where you are in sin. You are to repent of those sins. If you remember what First John says, if anyone says he has no sin, he deceives himself. Now, um, my, my guess is that for a lot of people is we, we kind of just generally assume that we have sin, but we never really speak of what our specific sins are. And so we'll say, well, yeah, of course I'm a sinner, but we'll never actually say what our sins are. We, just have, you know, we know we have to clump ourselves into that because Scripture says we are, but we've got to recognize what sins are actually in our hearts so we know how to fight them, and we know what to fight. We fight them through daily repentance. We turn from our sins and then we hope for long-term deliverance you may not overcome a sin struggle for years it may take you years to overcome your temper but you fight it it may take um, a a man years to overcome um, a a pornography addiction he fights it it may take um, however long to overcome something we fight it regularly until it dies how do you overcome a sin struggle And never struggle with it anymore. You confess it and turn from it daily until your flesh finally catches up with your spirit. So you forget what lies behind. And then you strain forward. That's what he says. Straining forward. It does not say lollygag forward. It does not say meander forward. It does not say um, anything like that. It says strain forward. Think of straining so in Adrian's car, um, it's the one, if we're going to go somewhere, the three of us get into Adrian's car because my car's too small. And, um, Adrian's in the driver's seat, usually I'm in the passenger seat. Haddon's car seat's behind my seat. Um, and so, which means that if we're going somewhere um, and Haddon needs something, I'm responsible for that because Adrian's driving. And you don't know how many times we're going down the interstate to Kentucky or whatever, I have to unbuckle at 80 miles an hour, and climb in the back and get something for Haddon. Um, But usually, if Haddon wants something, and I'm in the passenger seat, um, I kind of just kind of reach for it and kind of bend back there and give it to him as best I can. And I'm finding I'm not as flexible as I was in my 20s, in my 30s. Um, So I'll contort my body in the most painful way possible to bend around and hand him his water bottle. And usually while I'm doing that, I'll make a noise. Uh, I'm straining. That's a straining noise. I'm giving it everything I got to get that water bottle to him. And and Paul's saying we strain forward. Maybe he's calling on the idea of a runner. A runner. So he's running a race, and he's getting to the finish line, and he's running with all that he's got, and he's reaching forward, hoping he's going to be the first one to pass the finish line. In other words, this hurts so bad, but I've got a goal to reach. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. That's what the Christian life is it's a struggle that requires effort. Unfortunately, a lot of people treat it like a hobby rather than a daily struggle. I've taken up a hobby of playing guitar in the last few weeks. Um, I played guitar when I was younger. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to get back into it, I, I gave it up in high school. Um, Black Friday, I had some money, so I bought myself a guitar really cheap. Um, uh, I got it, and um, I've I've been working at learning to play it again. Um, But I don't play it every day. It's a hobby. So right now, I'm just kind of reminding myself of the basics. So I try every day to pick up the guitar and just play through the basic chords to learn it again, working on learning how to transition from each one of them because it's hard to learn. Um, Some days I don't get around to playing the guitar, though that's okay. I've got my whole life to learn how to play the guitar. So if I miss a day here or there, that's okay. That's what a hobby is. That's how a lot of people treat their spiritual life. I'll just do it whenever I have some free time. The problem is busyness is so bad that they may never have free time. We must give our every day to this. We're straining forward with everything we've got to become more like Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, I would say that we do it through um, pouring in God's word and pouring out of ourselves. So we pour in God's word. We've got to take his word into us. You need God's word truly. You, you need to read his word. You don't just need some devotional book that has a verse at the top and then a giant writing of man at the bottom. Those are fine, just don't read those in place of God's word. Read God's word and then read those secondly. You need to read God's word. Don't fall into saying you don't have time to do it. You do. You do. You need it in three ways. First, you need it personally. You need to read it every day yourself. Make it into a habit that you can't lay down at night without having read the word. Um, I remind you, in case you didn't grab one, back on the table back there, there's a Bible reading plan that goes through the whole story of Scripture in a year. Um, you don't hit every single passage of scripture. You hit most of them, and it takes you chronologically through the story of the Bible. Grab one of those as you go out. You're only a week behind. It's easy to catch up from there. It's like 10 chapters you got to read, and you'll, you'll be caught up. Um, do that. Read God's Word every day. And the second place you want to read God's Word is in a small group. Um, you need to study it with a small group of people. Um, for most of you, that's going to be Sunday school. That, that's That's the idea. Um, However, you should try also bringing in some kind of small group of people into your life where you're not in a class. Um, In a class, someone is teaching the Bible to you, and you're just sitting there as a passive listener. You need a group where Every member discusses and contributes it together. A lot of people do this over breakfast or over coffee or something like that. You need to be in an environment where you're actively learning it, where, um, where, where four people are reading the Bible together, and they're each making note of things they noticed and each learning from each other. That's so important. And then thirdly, corporate worship. You need to sit under the preaching of God's word in this room. These are the three avenues that God has prescribed to receive the intake of his word, and you need each one of them. Without one of them, you're like a three-legged stool that is missing a leg. You'll fall over. You pour in God's word to you, and you pour out of yourself. You can't stop at just taking in God's word. If you're taking in God's word, but never pouring out of yourself, it's kind of like eating a buffet continually, but never getting off the couch you're going to be obese and unhealthy. You have to play a part in pouring out God's word and God's love to others. John 4, 34, the disciples come back to Jesus. He's in Samaria. He's been out um, doing ministry. They've been out looking for dinner, and they come back, and they've got dinner, and they're like, hey, Jesus, eat this food. We got it. And he tells them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. In other words, spiritual nourishment and spiritual growth comes through ministering to others through pouring out of yourself to others it's the great commission Jesus left us we're to make disciples we're to baptize them and we're to teach them we're to baptize them so we're to Lead lost people to to Jesus. Baptism doesn't save us, but baptism is the picture of being saved. So we're to lead lost people to Jesus, and then we're to teach them everything Jesus commanded. Matthew 28. Um, We're to take the saved people and we're to grow them in their faith by teaching them everything Jesus told us. So, how are you playing a part in that? Sometimes people assume uh, maybe ministering to others is simply being friendly and nice, Um, but it's more than that, it's the Great Commission. It's make disciples, reach the lost, and grow the saved. That's what Jesus left us to do. That's the command on your life and on my life. That is what we strain ahead to do. That's how we strain forward. We, we do those things. We pour in God's word, and we pour out of God's word and of God's love. And what's the goal of all that? Well, it's verse 14. I strain forward, and I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The goal we are straining toward, we, we're wanting full Christ-likeness. We want to know Jesus fully and reflect him perfectly. We won't be there in this life, but our goal is to get as close as possible. We're straining forward with everything we've got. So I just want to ask you, is that your desire? Is that your desire? Do you want Jesus like that? I think a lot of Christians are pretty satisfied living a comfortable American life and really their only goal is going to heaven where they won't have pain anymore and they'll get to see their deceased loved ones. Those will be wonderful things but they're icing on the cake. Jesus is the prize. Maybe you know the story of Joni Erickson Tada. Joni Erickson Tada was a swimmer and um, she was a diver and she climbed up on a high dive and jumped off and hit the water and it and it paralyzed her. Um, She's been a paraplegic for about 50 years now. Um, She is a Christian. She's a very faithful Christian, and um, she um, often uh, does a lot of speaking. Um, And and so I was um, at a conference two or three years ago, and she was there, and they rolled her out on her stage in her wheelchair, and um, it was in the arena in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I remember her saying in that time that she was talking that um, she recognized that it was getting closer and closer to when she would die, um, that 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 day was coming closer and closer because she's in her, I think, 70s, um, and uh, I remember her saying, "The first thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is drop down on grateful, glorified knees. Not not I'm gonna run around heaven. Not I'm gonna jump and skip like like I'm gonna fall down and worship. I've I haven't been able to walk for 50 years." And the first thing I'm going to do is not walk. I'm going to bow down and worship. And actually, I don't have it in my notes, but it just came to me. She actually said she's planning to do that for about 10,000 years, and then she'll think about getting up to walk. Um, Because Jesus is her prize. Not the things Jesus gives, Jesus himself. He's the prize. And he's the prize that we strain forward for. We want him badly. Is that your heart's desire too? If it's not, I pray that you get there. Because remember, you're not yet what you're going to be one day. So press on to grow deeper in your walk with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that I am not yet what I will be one day. And I thank you that neither is anyone here who um, knows Jesus. And so I pray, Lord, that we will press on to be more like you. We will press on to be um, in the fullness of Christ and to be like him. I pray that you will um, give us strength to throw aside things that don't matter and strain forward to what does. And make the desire of our heart the prize of Jesus. May he be everything that we want. Give us strength to follow, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.